0: Former special counsel Robert Mueller got star billing in front of two House committees about his report on Russian meddling in the 2016 elections on Wednesday. In writing the report, we stated the results of our investigation with precision. We scrutinized every word. I do not intend to summarize or describe the results of our work in a different way in the course of my testimony today. Some of the theater in the hearings was predictable. Democrats were focused on building a case against President Donald Trump.
1: So the report did not conclude that he did not commit obstruction of justice. Is that correct? That
0: and when correct. Donald Trump called your investigation a witch hunt, that was also did false, was it totally not? I'd exactly like to think so, correct. Yes. Well, your investigation is not a witch hunt. Meanwhile, witch some Republicans, like Ohio's Jim Jordan, attacked Mueller, perhaps aware that the president would approve. You charge Rick Gates for false statements. You charge Paul Manafort for false statements. You charge Michael Cohen with false statements. You charge Michael Flynn, a three-star general, with false statements. But the guy who puts the country through this whole saga starts it all for three years we've lived this now. He lies, and you guys don't charge him The president had said that he had no interest in watching Mueller's testimony and that he would, I don't know, do something else, I guess. Uh, But however, according to his Twitter account, he has been watching, or at least he's found it within himself to tweet about what is happening. Perhaps sensing an opportunity to bring in more patrons and sell some Mueller-themed booze. DC bars and taverns invite folks in early for what they hoped would be must-see TV. So I headed to Stoney's in Logan Circle. Uh, my colleague, Clyde McGrady, headed to several places on Capitol Hill, H Street, and Shaw. And we tried to figure out just who are these people who are showing up to see the testimony of a retired G-man. Is it the Moscow Mueller at Stoney's? $5 during the testimony? Or just a chance to be a part of something that feels kind of big? For the record, Stoney's was quiet. And I was the first person to order the Moscow Mueller. So, Clyde, uh, just how excited were people at, say, Shaw's Tavern and the other establishments in D.C. that you uh, reported from? Uh,
1: Well, I should say that the crowd uh, was heavily uh, tilted towards... uh, journalists more than spectators
0: really are you saying that journalists are alcoholics waiting to get in line at bars at eight o'clock in the morning
1: that is not what i'm saying jason i would never although it may be true imply such a thing we're not saying it's true it just may be true um possibly okay um but yeah and the audience was the the non um journalism audience that was there was a bit subdued you didn't you know they were mainly go about going about eating their eggs and sipping their coffee, mm-hmm. but occasionally, you know, glancing up at the TV. But it wasn't a very active audience. I think the only like response that I saw to what was going on is uh, some people just kind of booed when uh, Jim Jordan started asking his questions. And
0: maybe those were just people who were not fans of the Ohio State University wrestling program say something like that who knows they Uh, were michigan they they were michigan michigan people you think yeah so at shaw's tavern this was more of a breakfast crowd not not super into it uh and and just kind of leave me alone like don't don't tread on my scrambled eggs
1: yeah it was funny because it was like eight journalists trying to talk to the same five um Patrons who were willing to give interviews. <laughs> were, there,
0: were there some people who said that they did not want to be interviewed? That they, yeah, some they just people just wanted to eat their eggs.
1: There are some people who were, you know kind of like leave me alone. Uh, one woman had called in sick, um, and did not want to be identified because her bosses did not know that she was there. That, that she was calling in sick to watch the Mueller testimony from. Well, Shaw's no, Tower. she said she was. <laughs> she said she was actually like sick, but at the last minute, decided to to go there and watch it.
0: So in, in general, though, I mean, th- this seems to jive a little bit with what uh, what I found at Stoney's. Uh, Micaela Rodriguez and Meredith Roten, like two of our producers, accompanied me because I'm afraid to go out in public by myself. And they uh, we, we set up our equipment. We did a little you know sound checking. And we were like the only people at Stoney's. And we thought that Stoney's would be a good place in Logan Circle because... You know, it's a it's a neighborhood bar as well. I mean, like, a lot of different people go there, not just people who are in politics. And we were the only people in there for a while except for one kind of surly-looking guy who nobody wanted to go talk to who was drinking rosé. And and then the bartender who uh, was great, she talked to us uh, quite, a, quite at length. Her name was Reese. She was awesome. And she basically came down and said, like, no one's asked for this, even though all TVs had MSNBC on – uh, and they did that mainly just to eliminate the kind of weird dissonance you get when you have different channels on the same event. And nobody had ordered the, uh, you know, the, like the specials. It was they, they got more much more of a kick out of uh, other other hearings, even previous political hearings like the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court hearings. Question.
1: Do you think the Bachelorette watch party is going to be more popular?
0: Oh, my than God, us? it
1: is the most popular thing. Of the Yeah. So this is kind of a time honored uh, D.C. tradition. Watching these really nerdy events, like the State of the Union or Election Night returns, or watching debates, them at, or debates, watching them at bars, right? Even Hunter S. Thompson like has a story from like the seventies of, like during the Watergate hearings, him going to like the Carroll Arms bar and you know reporting about the people watching it there. So this is you know been going on in D.C. for decades, and it seems like every event somebody comes up with. Um, you know a drink special like the Moscow Muller. Um, the Moscow
0: it, we want, and you want to say Moscow
1: Mueller, but that's yeah. not how you pronounce his name. Yeah. So interest seems to be waning, though, or the you know the returns are a bit diminishing because even at Shaw's Tavern for Comey's testimony, which was Jim you Comey, know, the former FBI, former FBI director, director was fired, yes. yeah. Uh, in in June 2017, when he testified, I mean there was a line around the corner. Like one of the people that I talked to today even showed up early because, you know, he wanted to make sure he got a seat. But I mean, apparently that wasn't necessary. So um, I, I don't know if these things are kind of losing popularity or people are just losing interest in the results and have moved on from this investigation. I don't know, but interest does uh, seem to be waning. And And frankly, I know other people, are going to, you know, analyze the substance of what was said. Today. Substance zone here, for Clyde, substance rezone. Let's I'm just ju- saying. Just, just focus
0: on the theatrics here. It's right, political theater. as political as, one of, as one of the patrons we spoke to said, this was all just political theater, and we did not pay him to say it either. This is part mostly political theater for both sides. I think both sides are playing to their base voters. To either make a bigger issue out of it or to make
1: a lesser issue out of it. Well, I mean, it wasn't all theater. I think he had some substantive, yes, substantive he said some substance. Yes. No, I mean, I mean, I'm kidding. It, there, he it right. was kind of he doesn't speak in these ready-made sound bites. Mueller right. doesn't. He speaks in this legalese, and you know, a lot of the report is redacted. He has to be very careful about what he can and cannot say, so he's very deliberative in what he says, so it doesn't give you these. Like easily digestible, made for TV moments that would really, I think, resonate with well, the larger public. Well, and it also it stood in contrast to what
0: what what a lot of the members of Congress were doing, which was they were trying to go for the soundbite. And for the most part, Mueller wasn't indulging too much. He was acting like a like a a staid G man would would act. Uh, so it was this kind of contrast in in styles of like somebody who just kind of kept on saying read the report, and then everybody says, like, oh, no, well, let, let me read the report for you, or could you read the report? And it's just like it became this really strange, like, sort of book report version of congressional testimony, which I got to say is not particularly compelling. I mean, if you've read the Mueller report, it is fascinating. It's as a, and as a historical document. But having members of Congress read it on television and then asking what that means to somebody who wrote it, that's not particularly compelling television.
1: Right. It's, you know, him answering questions about the report on a legal investigation. Or not answering them. Or not answering. (laughs) And, you know, these are two different things. But I can't help but think about the Brett Kavanaugh hearings last fall and, you know – you listen to uh, dr. Christine Blasey Ford give her testimony in mm-hmm. the opening I mean emotionally gripping now uh, granted that's about you know alleged Childhood sexual trauma assault. yes yeah. yeah so it's you know far more of an emotional hook that really you know brought people in whereas you know this is kind of a, a dry investigation and you know part of this is theatrics it's on TV I mean I don't know if you read that, uh, and it's pretty nerdy, but that... uh,
0: You're in the right place then for that.
1: The (laughs) The Neil Postman book... Amusing Ourselves to Death. Amusing Ourselves to Death. Just by putting something on television, people are expecting expecting it to be entertainment.
0: Right. Uh, Postman very famously wrote in that book that... The threat to democracy is not Gilligan's Island; it's sixty minutes. <laughs> exactly, be- because because you, the that puts news in the context of having to be entertaining, whereas there, no one is is like has any illusions about a sitcom or anything like that. That's purely for entertainment. But the reality is is that most television, as you said, is presented in an entertaining fashion, or it fails to provide itself as entertainment it, when there's that expectation. And I think that's where we're at here, which may be. The, one of the broader issues that you know people may want to think about uh, in 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 setting expectations for what you're going to get out of a prosecutor, a 74 year old, you know, f- you know how many times he's been reti- retired now, uh, you know, former FBI director, he's not going to uh, go off the hook, if you will,
1: right? Right. I mean, there was no spectacle about his testimony at all. It was just pretty much. Dry and straightforward.
0: Well, Clyde, thanks very much for talking about this. I think part of our amusement uh, at, at Stoney's was just seeing so you know, like people's sort of dry removal from the process. And I think that that's uh, that's part of the story itself is that, uh, as you said, not everybody is so engaged in this that they're going to show up
1: early for just to see it. Yeah. Well, uh, it was a it was a pleasure to be on. And Danka. <laughs> All right.
0: Thank you. Uh, you're going, thank you for joining us here on Political Theater. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen to your podcasts. Please also take a moment to rate us every little bit helps. And thanks for listening.